It's time to settle in with Love Talk with the love ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Evelyn. Thank you, Gavin. This is Evelyn Davison. I want to thank you for joining us today for Love Talk here at 101.1 FM, 11.20 AM, radio station KTXW, The Bridge, in Central Texas Christian Talk, celebrating joy and hope and building bridges of love and leadership today. And in the, on the line with me, and not in the video today, is our good friend Carrie and Kathy. Hello, love ladies. Hello, Miss Evelyn. Great to see you. Have you calling in today? It's strange times. Um, we're we're um, using a, a device called StreamYard, um, which Gavin has so amazingly set up for us. So I can see Kathy and hear her, and we can both hear Miss Evelyn, which is awesome. Exciting time, unprecedented time in our nation and globally when so much is shutting down and quarantined. It's good to know there's no shutting down God. He is quarantine-proof, virus-proof, and unstoppable. <laughs> hey, friends, exciting, happy girl. Easter. Oh, Miss Evelyn, I missed that. I'm so sorry. I was speaking right over you. I, you know, if Car- Carrie stops talking, I start talking. And if I can get a word in edgewise today, I think the two of us are just ready well, to go. Well, I feel like I'm a third grade uh, trying to learn to say my ABCs. But we're doing it, girl. Ladies, we are doing it. And I, man, is so proud of us. He said, "This is a miracle." I said, "Not quite yet. We got one more one more session to go." But it is exciting to be here today. And and um, Kathy, I know you've uh, had a busy summer with your, I mean, a busy time getting ready for summer, and we all have. So uh, this is a great day today. It is, and you know, I just I'm loving. Eric and I are going for walks on the river. Uh, because, you know, what else can you do over this period of time? And, and we've always kind of done our river walks, but even more things, so but... now. And we just have so much fun because we're seeing all of the buds forming on, on the trees oh. and the grass and the plants are all coming out of their winter sleep and beginning to grow again. Ooh. And, uh, you know, it just does remind me nothing stops God. Nothing stops his plans or his seasons. His purposes are never ending. And right now is a wonderful time to celebrate the truth and the promise and the purpose of Easter. And so, friends, we're going to talk about Easter today. We're going to talk about what Easter means, what it is that we're actually celebrating. Um, how do the rabbit and the egg fit into all of this? How can we reconcile that with the cross and the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, what does it all mean? Where did the holiday even get its name from? We're going to be talking about that in these times, in these unique times that we are in. And, you know, there's there's so much fun going on around us. When Eric and I are going for these walks, we watch all the little ducks have paired up now, and the little boy ducks and little girl ducks are kind of always seen together, and it's a great time of relationship, and it's really reminded us that Easter is all about relationship, and during this whole COVID-19 experience, our family has rediscovered the importance of relationship, and so we have been pressing into those relationships right now and just enjoying this unique time that God has given us to to be apart and be out of the world, but also engaged uh, where others need us. Evelyn, what what scripture, what key scripture would you like to share with us today for our Easter program? Well, I love John. I love John and 1 Timothy and, and John 11, 25 and 26. And get your pencil and write that down and then write it on your heart. John 11, 25, 26. Jesus said this. This is what he said. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? This is the key to what the real celebration of Easter is. 
but it's also the power source for which God has given us to be a messenger of love like the Lord Jesus. And it's exciting, don't you think? It is exciting, you know, and I love how at the end of this, after Christ made this huge statement, this life-changing statement, he said, do you believe this? And friends, that's what he asks us today. That's what he asks me, Carrie. That's what he asks you, Miss Evelyn. That's what he asks you. Do you believe this? Because we can talk about it all day long, but unless we believe this, unless we believe the truth that Christ shares about who he is and what he has done for us and the free gift that he offers us, if we don't believe that, we're never going to be in a position to receive it. And, friends, we want to receive that gift that Christ gives, that mm-hmm. Easter offers us. Uh, we, we want that. We don't want to be just searching for eggs all day long. We want to be seeking after Christ. And that's what we're going to be doing today. And, you know, Evelyn, you, uh, I know you've been incredibly busy with your book over this time. And I'm just so excited for that to come out. Love talking and, and love, and love walking with Jesus. How are you doing with all that? Well, I'm busy and we were in some of the final stages of editing and so blessed by you and Eric, uh, what you wrote for us for this book. And Miss Carrie, uh, Miss Carrie got in it too. And, you know, it's, uh, it's a way of connecting who we are to who God wants us to be to others. And we have to stop and think about that. And, uh, you know, just this week with Guzner, Greg Abbott, who makes my son call me and ask me if I'd call him. I didn't. Uh, it was really working hard to get things rolling again in Texas. And he named, uh, Texas was named one of five states by President Truman, uh, Truman Trump, who will be ending the stay at home order and again standing, um, up again, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to do that in about two weeks, and uh, that will be a great Easter gift for us if if our governor can pull this off with all the help that he has, all of our friends that are praying for him, because these are difficult times for families, and it, but it's a great time if you turn your heart and your steps toward the love of the Lord Jesus. And that's what we will be talking about today. What about you, Carrie? Oh, man. You know, it's it's interesting. I have taken on some tasks here at the house that I don't know about y'all, but I have things that I just put off. Like, I'm like, okay, I can do that another time. Well, <laughs> now is the time. So these little things that I've kind of been putting off, I've been able to tackle, which feels good. Um, and so my family's kind of making fun of me. Mom, what's your project for today? You know, what closet are you cleaning out today or whatever it may be? Um, but that's been refreshing. And we're kind of teasing the kids. Um, you know, we'll have funny things that happen around the house and we're like, Oh, well, that's homeschool. That's your homeschool lesson for the day. Um, but they're really doing great with school. They started their classes officially uh, this week um, with their teachers at school via Zoom, and it's been going great. Uh, I think it's kind of preparing them for college, um, Mm -hmm. frankly, because they have certain classes each day. They have to manage their time during the day. They have work for every class every day, but they're not meeting with that class every day. And so it's um, bringing on some time management skills as well as just computer skills, which are so valuable. Uh, so I'm I'm excited about this time for them. I mean, it's only week one, and I know we have lots more weeks left of this um, with school being closed. But, Kathy, I'm sure your girls are organized and, and, and just raring to go. You know, we had so much fun this week because Jordan's uh, 11th grade teacher – as part of a, a liberal arts assignment, they had to design a menu, cook the menu, and serve the serve the food for dinner, one dinner. And so Jordan decided on a French menu, and um, but it's, it was really odd. As part of the menu, she had to grill steaks. She had to use a 
use a grill to grill steaks. And so we're like, oh, yeah, okay, this is fine. Well, we had no idea. She didn't know how to turn the grill on. And we thought, oh, epic fail. How can a 17-year-old Texan not know how to turn on a grill? I We just felt the weight of Texas on our shoulders <laughs> looking down on us. You have failed as parents. So we – basically walked her through the steps, how to turn on, how to turn on a grill, how to clean it, how to wait for it to get to heat. And, uh, and she did a beautiful job. We had the best dinner probably that we've had in a month. And Jordan, everything came out warm at the same time. She got an A plus from us, but we've been, we've been having, um, fun. We have actually tons of family. And I know right now with COVID that that's not the right thing we have, about uh, 10 people in our household, so we are at the max. My, We've had a death. Well, we a, a close family member who lives about three hours from here has been diagnosed as terminal. And mm-hmm. so hospice will probably be coming in soon. And mm-hmm. my oldest brother is very, very, very close to him. And mm-hmm. so he has driven all the way up from Alabama uh, to bring the family to go and and say his final goodbyes, and so it's it, you know it just happens to be around Easter, so we said okay, let's do Easter together. So my brother has uh, a, my gorgeous little niece and nephew. I have a little eighteen year old, eighteen month old niece Genevieve, and a little four year old nephew Samuel. And then a, a gorgeous 13-year-old niece, Angelina. And so they're all up here. So we have babies in the house, basically. So we're doing Easter egg hunts and just having a ball. I mean, it, it has been just the funnest Easter that, that we've had. And so we're kind of we're recognizing all the COVID restrictions, and we're being very aware of that. But we're, we're having an incredible, wonderful Easter and um, looking forward to tomorrow. Well, um, yeah, I, I can't even believe that we're here. Easter's here. And uh, my my husband and my son participated in Lent, and they gave up sugar for Lent. And so they are so excited for tomorrow. <laughs> um, and I'm sure we'll cook up something fantastic. Miss Evelyn, in a nutshell, what is the significance of Easter, and what are we celebrating at Easter? Ooh, that's a big assignment. I know. <laughs> well, in a nutshell. Resurrection is change. It's change. It was changed for the Lord Jesus. It is changed for us. And uh, Paul gives us a really good description of that in in First um, Corinthians, and I want to read it. Um, I have to get my glasses. They said, I want to tell you something. Since you believe what we preach, and Paul had given them the gospel, that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying that dead people will never come back to life? I I was stunned by this scripture this week, thinking about it. Come back to life. Again, why are some of you saying that dead people will never do that? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ must still be dead. Think about that. And if he is still dead, then all our preaching is useless, and your trust in God is empty, worthless, and hopeless. Uh, that is a revealing description of what happens when we come to realize that Jesus came as a baby, lived as a young boy, and but was paid the price of love, at Calvary as a young man. And that was the part of him that is like the part of us, except a lady. We're ladies. But past that is new life. And Jesus is at the right hand of the Father celebrating with us that he had the opportunity to buy our death certificate and remove us from the eternal death and give us eternity of life and love with him. That, that, that'll preach. I'm going to call my preacher friend and tell him he got to <laughs> preach on that Sunday because we don't understand resurrection. One of the things that I was, that and I were so uh, 
moved by. On our 25th anniversary, we went on a three-week trip to the Holy Land and to Italy and Rome. While we were in Jerusalem, uh, we were in the hotel that's on the mount that looks down in the valley that goes to the eastern gate, the EAS gate, SC gate. And the day that the believers in the Lord Jesus came to realize that Jesus had done exactly what he told him he was going to do and that their world was empty apart from the physical but had been translated into the spiritual. And the, Jesus told them, he said, I will come again and receive you unto myself. And I will come through the eastern gate. That's on the eastern side of Jerusalem. But they, if you go there today, that gate is sealed beyond opening. And if you look down in the valley, that, that gutter that's filled with all kind of leaves and pretty things, there are probably a thousand white crosses. And each one of those crosses was made by somebody that they believed what Jesus said, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Why did they go? What did he there? Because he said he would go through the eastern gate. So what? how do you spell Easter? It's E-A-S-T. And so the connection that is so powerful for us even today, that if you go there and you see that it is a point change of life, uh, it is a, it's a visual of what Jesus said would happen and did happen. And that even with that, that even more than that, that with his going to heaven to be with the Father, that he'll be operating under the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the combination of them together. That You can't buy that at the grocery store. You can't sit in line at Sam's <laughs> for an hour to get toilet paper. But you can't do that. And God has provided for us something that can never be replaced. And it is a change point of life when we come to understand that. Yeah, we have bunny rabbits. Miss Evelyn, we have got to go to our first break. I cannot believe this. Gavin has kind of given <laughs> us our, our minute countdown and our, our minutes for our first segment are up. But friends, we have an incredible second segment when we want to share with you this, the Eastern Gate, the Easter Resurrection. If it is not, if we cannot believe in the resurrection of Christ, There is no power in what we claim to believe. We're going to talk about the power of the resurrection, what it means for us. What what does resurrection actually mean? It has to do with raising up or standing up, which is what a lot of us are ready to do right now. Friends, stay with us. We're going to hear a word from our sponsors. We'll be back with you right after this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You are listening to the love ladies, Coach Carrie Brinkater, Kathy Enderbrock, and the first lady of love, Mrs. Evelyn Davison, right here on KTXW The Bridge, Austin, 101 FM, 1120 AM. And you can find us every Saturday right here at 2 o'clock. And we're so excited that you are with us. Happy Easter. Wow. Happy Easter, everyone. Um, Today, we are discussing this beautiful time, the Easter life. And Miss Evelyn took us through a great story about the Eastern Gate and obviously the similarity there with the word Easter. Now, Kathy, it's very important that we understand um, about the resurrection. Can you help us through that? Yeah, you know, because basically Easter is celebrating the, the resurrection of Christ. We know that on, on Good Friday, 
that was a period of, of Passover for uh, the Hebrew nation, still is today. We call that Good Friday. It's when Christ uh, was crucified on on the cross. Um, New Testament teaching, and we see this in, in Old Testament principles as well, that he died for our sins, that our sins would be uh, forgiven. Our sins would be that Christ would pay the penalty for our sins. So that's that's what happens on Good Friday. And then on Sunday, we see the promised resurrection, that Christ overcame death, that he was raised from the dead. And and Paul makes such a point about this in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, look, you can believe everything else, but if you don't, if you don't believe the, the resurrection happened, the truth of the resurrection, then there is, there is no power. I mean, if Christ is not alive today, if he is not the living God, then there is no power in him. And, you know, I love that, uh, the disciples of Christ following the resurrection, we see incredible things demonstrated in their lives, incredible miracles. We're going to talk a little bit about that. I want to, just for all of our friends, I want to look at that at the root word um, of resurrection. It um, in the New Testament we see this word. It is actually anastasis, and it's a Greek word, and it actually means raising up or standing up again. And so that's where our word resurrection comes from, a raising up or standing up again. And, you know, it kind of makes me giggle a little bit because I'm thinking, you know, more now than ever, our nation is ready for a great celebration. We're ready to stand up again after this period of quarantine. We're ready to raise up again and celebrate after this period of quarantine. So I just, I love the time period that, that this season that this is happening, that over this spring season, which is all about life and new life and living, Christ is giving us a perspective, a new refreshed perspective on what the, what that living looks like, what that relationship looks like. And, you know, I do, I, I want to point out because the fulfillment of the resurrection, it's based on so many promises from the Old Testament, but we don't actually see the word resurrection in the Old Testament, but we can see um, the, the teaching, the principle of, of the resurrection. So we can look at the prophet Hosea, for example, in Hosea 13, 14, God promised from the power of the grave, I will redeem them from death. I will recover them. And then throughout uh, the prophet of Isaiah, he always talks about this raising up to new life again. In Isaiah 26, 19, uh, this is God talking. He says, your dead will live. Cor- my corpses will rise up. Awake, shout joyfully, you residents in the dust, for your dew is as the dew of the morning. The earth will let those powerless in death Come to life and come to life with power. And, um, friends, if you want to look up all of the references to, to, res, to the resurrection in the Old Testament, I've put down a couple other of my favorites. You can go to Job 14, 13 through 15. That's really cool. Uh, Daniel 12, um, chapter 12, verses 2 and verses 13. Just super, super fun. And I I really want to stress this, Carrie and and Miss Evelyn, when we talk about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, it was very public. Uh, The the death of Christ was brutal. It took place before the public, before Mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of witnesses. Estimates, historians actually put um, because of the Passover, the increased population and crowds in Jerusalem would have been about a quarter of a million people, so about 250,000. So Christ was crucified also on a key transport route for the city. So it was impossible to go and come in Jerusalem without actually witnessing his public crucifixion and death. And then when Christ rose from the dead after being buried for three days, like in the grave for three days, he appeared to his closest circle of friends, but then went on to appear to thousands of others over a period of 40 days when he walked and talked in places where his ministry had been. He healed many. He continued to preach. 
and he continued to love and share the love that was that that he offered and so over these 40 days he was seen by multitudes and and throughout even historical documents we see contemporary jewish historian josephus refer to this uh, resurrected appearing of christ over these four four 40 days um, and even two generations later, uh, the writer Eusebius interviewed many people who had known people and who had seen, physically seen Jesus during these days. And they recorded and told of miracles. Um, they even cited sermons that, that Jesus had given over that 40-day period. So we know at the end of that 40-day period, he ascended into heaven. He was taken up into the sky. He promised to return again. But I, I love that this firsthand testimony, all the historical evidence for the death and resurrect, re, resurrection of Christ is more, there's more historical evidence than any critical um, historical event in the history of the world. We have more evidence for this. And so I, I always like his, one of his key teachings was this. It says, the Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day for repentance, for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations. Now, Carrie, so this is the question I have for you. When when Christ spoke and taught about his resurrection, we know that, that this, it's a true event in history and one we can really stake our lives to. But what did this resurrection accomplish for us as believers and followers of Christ? That's a, that's a loaded question, Kathy. <laughs> what did the resurrection accomplish for us as believers and followers of Christ? Well, there's a scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture telling us um, of, of this miracle. And we, what this, what the resurrection means for us is that we have a Messiah. We have a personal savior who freely offers us several things. And um, like Miss Evelyn said, get out your pen and then write it on your and write it down and then write it on your hearts. Um, because these are the four things um, kind of in a nutshell that our personal savior through the resurrection um, freely offers us. He offers us the forgiveness of sins through repentance. Now that's something that, um, you know, we not only do when we invite Jesus into our hearts, but we do that on a daily basis is ask forgiveness for our sins and ask um, the Lord to reveal to us where where we're falling short. Because, I, you know, obviously there's many times where um, I'm falling short and I may not realize I'm falling short. And so asking God to reveal that to us is uh, incredibly important. But the forgiveness of sins through repentance. In Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So forgiveness of sins through repentance, that's something that is different than any other religion on the face of the planet. You know, this is a free gift. Other religions to say, well, you need to do this and this and this and this and this and this, and you need to keep doing this and this and this um, in order to achieve, you know, enlightenment or whatever. Um, but our personal savior, Jesus says, it's free. Here's a gift. Eternal life is the second thing that he offers us. A new heavenly body after the, our physical death of our earthly body. Um and that's the eternal life part. John 1, 12, yet to all, to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And in 1 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. How refreshing is that, that we get um newness of life and that's the third thing is a new life a new identity our true life in christ and um that's after death to ourselves you know a, a metaphorical death to selves and, and it says right there in first corinthians i'll just read that again first corinthians 5 if anyone is in christ he is a new creation you know i 
I've seen this firsthand, and I know you have, Kathy, Miss Evelyn. Miss Evelyn, you've, you've, I know you've seen this many, many times. A person who gives that they're, who's not walking with Christ, who, who really doesn't, who absolutely does not know the Lord, does not know of these free gifts that are offered of a Savior, and um, their life is um, kind of a train wreck. And they're looking for something different and they give their life to Christ and they, they're just an absolute new creation, um, turning over a complete new way, um, of, of walking their lives and giving that over, over to God. And then the fourth thing, he gives us power over sin. We no longer live under this legal penalty of the law of God, but we live under grace. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but that is so freeing to me. It's not about rules. And I think that's kind of where we are with our teenagers right now. You know, it's not about the rules. It's about what's in your heart. It's about, um, you know, the spirit of, of the rule as well. Um, and, it, and it says, um, let me see, let me find the perfect verse for this. Um Romans 6, 6, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. We have the, the ability to turn from these temptations. We now have tools in our pocket. I tell my kids that all the time. You've got tools in your pocket um, to use to flee from these things that are tempting for you. Uh, so, Miss Evelyn, my goodness, that's a lot to digest. Uh, we've got forgiveness of sins through repentance. We've got eternal life that is offered to us um, with a new heavenly body after physical death. We have a new life here on earth, a new identity in Christ. I, you know, how many times do we see people in the Bible that God or Jesus changes their names after they come to know mm-hmm. uh, the truth. And then we have this power over sin. So, Miss Evelyn, these are four powerful promises that we have for today through the resurrection of our Savior. And it's only through the resurrection of our Savior, a living, a living Savior. Which one has impacted you the most over your lifetime of love walking and love talking with Jesus? Well, I I love First Corinthians, uh, Paul's writing in the sixth chapter, and he says, "Do you not know that your bodies are temples, living spaces, growing spaces of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you received from from the Father? You are not your own." That's been the hardest lesson of my life to think that I am not on my own. Uh, you were bought with a price. Therefore, you, here's your assignment. Honor God with your bodies. And that's 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20. How do we honor God with our, with our bodies? It's by our mind, our will, and our emotions that we serve him under his word. You know, we can't make our own Bible. But we've got to know him well enough to know what is of him and what is not of him. And that's why I enjoy love talk so much, girl, is because God does point it out in ways that we can understand it and then pass it on to those of you who are in the audience that are listening to us today. You know, I think for me, um, this power over sin, you know, we, we, we have forgiveness um, we have eternal life. Um, we have that assurance. We have this new life, this new identity, this power over sin where we're no longer slaves to this legal penalty of law. That for me is, is huge. Um, and it's so different again from every other worldly religion. Um, and it, it's, it's free. It's a new way of living. It's a new way of thinking about things. Now, Kathy, oh man, it, you know, I, I feel like, wow, those, those four things are so big for us. And how do we take, you know, so we have these concrete things that yeah. the resurrection gives us. 
But Easter is sometimes, you know, I guess the world has said it's about, you know, the bunny and the basket and the eggs and the hunt and the little cheeps, you know, the marshmallow cheeps. Isn't that what they're called? The cheeps. Anyway, and we um, relate them to this true treasure and teachings of Easter. And how do we do that for our kids and, and for our listeners? You, you know, I mean, I, I know that there are a lot of, of, of in their own right, they just want to throw out the bunny. They want to throw out the eggs and, and just, you know, they see that as a very worldly interpretation of what is happening. Now, I, I we see again and again in the Old and New Testament that, that that God, Christ, and his disciples used things around the people to share and teach truths about Christ. And so I think, you know what, rather than throwing out the bunny, let's use the bunny. Rather than throwing out the eggs, <laughs> yeah. let's, use, let's use the eggs. So, you know, we have the bunny, the basket, the eggs, and the hunt. And um, so the eggs are such a symbol for new life. It, it, it's kind of a, a, a global perspective. It, it's an accepted perspective that if you have an egg, it's a symbol for new life, which you've talked about, Carrie. We have a new life in Christ. The eggs symbolize that. And I love that the egg consists of three distinct parts that are all together separate, but together make one. The, the shell, the yolk, and the white similar to the relationship of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all distinct persons, yet all one God. And and these eggs are covered in, in and, and decorated in beautiful, rich colors and designs, just as our new life in Christ is more vivid and more beautiful and more filled with purpose and meaning. The Christian life is not a boring white egg. Okay, the Christian life, this new life, it is vivid and spectacular and bedazzling. It's like that beautifully decorated egg that you cannot take your eyes off of. And then notice always that the eggs are always free. Okay, no one has to leave a penny or a dollar or anything behind in order to take that egg, in order to accept that egg. They, they don't even have to earn the right to be able to hunt for that egg. Any who come are invited to go on the hunt to find the egg and to take that egg. Just like with us, there's nothing we can do to pay for, for that new life in Christ. It is freely offered and freely given by Christ. Anyone can go looking and seeking for that new life in Christ, knowing that God promises that whoever seeks, if they seek with all their heart, they will find, they will find him. He promises that. Okay, why a rabbit? I love the rabbit. Why not a chicken? Chickens are the actual ones who produce the eggs, right? So rabbits don't lay eggs. We know that. Rabbits are the <laughs> unlikely provider of eggs. But this is just like Jesus Christ is the un, is an unlikely source of eternal life because Every other world religion teaches that the principle of, of the new life, the better life, the eternal life, requires man to work his way there. Man must gain the right perspective. He must do enough, be kind enough, good enough. According to the world, man is the obvious chicken that produces the egg. But Christ says, no, the chicken can't produce the egg. The rabbit, the unlikely person, Christ is going to offer the free life, the new life that we have through him. He says that he is the only way to the Father, that there is no other way to the Father except through him. We can't go through the chicken of man. We've got to go through the rabbit of Christ, <laughs> if that makes sense. I don't know. My yeah, kids seem yeah, to get yeah. that. I, I hope that makes sense. And then I also like that, why do we hide the eggs, right? Why isn't the rabbit himself playing hide and seek with us? Why are we seeking for the eggs? So the hunt is so much fun, right? I, I still love for, for Eric to hide a couple things. And, you know, I, I love that you're getting warmer, you're getting warmer. Oh, that you're cold, you're cold. And, and you know, you kind of have the fun hunt. And the children rush out looking everywhere, and, and they squeal with delight when they find their treasure. The children know that the rabbit exists because 
he is both the supplier of the eggs and the one who hides the eggs in such a way that everyone is able to find them. So the eggs always point through, point back to the rabbit. Um, and, and I love it that we can get a sense for the rabbit by going and hunting and seeking for the eggs. We ultimately find the rabbit when we find the eggs, if that makes sense. Um, and then why the basket? I, I love it because our Savior always brings a treasure trove filled with good things for us, treasure that we could never attain on our own. When we open what he gives us, we find love, fullness of life, wisdom, patience, joy. When we go and and get into that basket filled with this treasure that Christ offers us, it's a delight every time. And what we find is always unexpected joy. So that's my kind of wrap-up, ladies. That's how I present it to my kiddos. That's how I kind of take these worldly elements of the bunny, the basket, the eggs, and the hunt. And, um, and, and you know, that's kind of how my, my, me and my kiddos have had fun with it all these years. Have you ever done the resurrection eggs, Kathy, where it's a – do you have one of those? I No, I've used them when I'm teaching vacation Bible school, but I haven't done that with my own kiddos. We have a, a set of these eggs, and uh, inside each egg is an element of the story of Jesus. And, uh, you know, the last egg that you open, there's a dozen, is um, the cross. And, mm-hmm. you know, each one leads us to the cross. And mm-hmm. that's ultimately what... Easter is about leading us to the cross. Um, and the things that we do at Easter should all point back to Jesus. You know, I, I, I love that we can have the eggs and the basket and the rabbit and the hunt um, and have all those fun things point us back to the real reason for Easter. Miss Evelyn, do you have any Easter traditions that you had with the kids when you were growing up or or when the kids were growing up? Well, we lived on a ranch, uh, had horses, cows, chickens, dogs, things. So we had trouble having an Easter uh, party at our, at our place. We had a large ranch. And uh, so we had to find another place. And so we went to the church a little country church, and hid eggs everywhere. I mean, there were eggs on the pulpit, on the microphone. And then uh, the pastor did that story of Jesus and the Easter egg. It's so um, impacting. But we don't have to have that to know that. By the power of God's Spirit, Carrie, I know you're going to share this uh, in our closing minute, is is the egg. It is the egg. Jesus is the one who came to make Easter real in our lives. And the Holy Spirit is his partner. And with, in my, my, my prayer for you, you're listening today, is stop what you're doing right now and thank God that he made a way for you to come to know the reality of the love of the Lord Jesus. Carrie? Absolutely. You know, uh, we do have one more second, uh, one more segment, friends. Uh, It'll be a short segment when we return, but we'll look at maybe a little bit of the history of Easter and and how that impacts us today uh, as we get ready to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus when we return to Love Talk right after this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You are listening to the Love Ladies, and we cannot believe our time with you is almost over, but we are celebrating Easter. Uh, I do have one funny story to tell. So my mom, um, since, of course, we're all grown kids now and our children are almost grown, you know, she does fun things at Easter when we get to spend Easter with her. And last year we went to her house and I was in charge. There were there. There's four grandkids. And each grandkid had a special egg, and it had money in it. And I was supposed to hide these eggs, you know, and there were like 60-something eggs, but four special eggs, right? And apparently I hid them so well that you couldn't find them. The kids couldn't find them. 
one kid was left without like the magic egg with money in it. And I felt so bad. Um, and to this day, I mean, here we are a year later and we have, my mother has never found that egg. I don't know what happened to it. And so, um, the chickens got, the rabbits got it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so thank goodness that our, um, our, you know, Savior does not hide himself from us, and uh, we don't have to search and search and search because we will find him when we look for him. Thank goodness. Now, Kathy, you had um, just a short uh, history here that we kind of wanted to share with our listeners. <laughs> that is not me. I think that is Miss Evelyn kind of uh, shuffling around a bit. Okay. I can still hear you just fine. Yeah, let me, I, so let me, let me take you through this history because you did promise that I really want to walk our, our listeners through this. So there is this very unusual claim that Easter is tied to a pagan holiday, that Easter is based on a, on a, on a pagan holiday, that somehow Christians uh, took over this pagan holiday and now celebrate it for themselves the, the the history the evidence the facts do not support that uh easter was originally referred to in the early church as resurrection day or pascha and it was um t- closely tied to the passover celebration the, the 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 hebrew passover celebration the fulfillment of that um, the Latin phrase in albis came to refer to Easter week, the entire week, and that, that word albis meant the dawn, uh, because Easter was seen as the dawn of the church. Um, and then it was later translated into German, this word, the dawn, as eostarum, uh, which is an English derivative of the word Easter. I, I think somewhere at some point a German monk uh, referred to an Easter uh, celebration, a pagan, a, a pagan mm-hmm. celebration of some Eostra goddess, and then er- everyone kind of jumped on that and started to say, "Oh, it, it's a pagan holiday." No, 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 no. We've never celebrated an Easter goddess. We've never celebrated uh, a pagan holiday. We've never taken that over. Uh, the Easter is tied to the Passover calendar, so it's. Uh, the Passover and Easter celebration fall on or near a full moon in the spring. Passover always begins on the 15th day of the Hebrew month of Nisan. And because the Hebrew months are pegged directly to the lunar cycle, the 15th day of Nisan is always a full moon. So it works out easily for Easter to continue to be um, tied directly to the Passover holiday. So I just, you know, friends, you'll hear that thrown out sometimes. It's just a pagan holiday. It 100% is not. That's, I'd call it fake news once again. <laughs> and know, where, know, know where Easter comes from and celebrate it correctly. Now, Miss Evelyn, you have a saying you like to, to make sure that we understand that there is an enemy of Easter. Could you talk mm-hmm. about that for us? He is the enemy of the soul of the believer. Uh, Satan is the enemy, and it's like hiding Easter eggs. Uh, we must stand strong and firm in our belief that uh, Easter is a legitimate celebration of the life and the death of our Savior. And uh, we, how do we celebrate that? Then we could, uh, Carrie could do the ones that uh, celebrate the resurrection. Remember, he is a personal Savior. People don't know how to celebrate apart from the rabbit. So that part of it, if we could get in, would be great. So Yes, ma'am. We can absolutely get that in. We have about three three minutes left in this uh in our show today, friends. And in that three minutes, I just want to tell you oh. that the devil the enemy of Easter, that he is trying to delay, deny, discourage, depress, and destroy our faith. If he has his way, that is what he will try to do. But we must celebrate all the louder, knowing that our resurrected Savior lives. He lives, friends. And, it, you know, celebrating Easter is so incredibly important. 
for us in our faith because this is this is why we have a living savior is because he was raised from the dead and so, to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ is special it's um it's a way to honor the god who gives us life and life abundantly and eternal life and remember that he's our personal savior he walks with us. He talks with us every single day. He, he's, he's with us. He is our friend and he is our personal savior. And remembering that he gives us forgiveness of sins through repentance. All we have to do is ask. You know, um, there's so many times that, that we want to hold that close to us because we think maybe he doesn't know. You know what, friends? He knows already. He's just waiting. He's just waiting for us to ask for that forgiveness. And we have eternal life in our Savior. We have a new life and a new identity, and we have a power over sin. Jesus proclaimed in John 10, 10, I have come that you might have life. And in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus invites us to make that decision to love, walk, and love, talk personally with him today. And to do that, just you're saying, okay, Carrie, I get it, but how do I do that? How do I invite Jesus into my life? Number one, just admit that you're a sinner. Tell him, Lord, I'm a sinner, and I need you to take those those from me. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then he says, just believe. Just believe that Jesus Christ is God's son, that he died on that cross for us and rose on the third day in order to offer us this free gift of salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then confess with your confess your faith in Christ Jesus. Tell tell your friends. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe it in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Friends, you can call us on the love line at 512-249-6535. You can find us on lovetalknetwork.com. And I encourage you to find a church. Find a church tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, there'll be live streaming services, and you can find a church, and you can celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Until next time, this is Coach Carrie Brinkater for my friends Kathy Anderbrock and Miss, and the First Lady of Love, Miss Evelyn Davison. We'll see you next time on Love Talk.